Good morning. Good morning from Sakcha. There's another name. Like that's, I believe, the name of the town. And so like I would say Bellevue, Florida. They would say Sakcha and then a province. Which I don't know the province name. I'm just glad I can say Sok. I think it's not even Sok Cho. I think it's Sok Cho. But anyway, it was quite an experience getting here. Uh, the girls, which this week, the girls who were with me last week in Thailand were um, Rachel Freitas and Angel Rody, and they went home. And now then, Autumn Jeter and Kara Klein have met me here in Korea. And their luggage didn't make it. We had a four-hour drive after that long flight. And um, it was a very uncomfortable night for them especially. Um, But it's a new day. And hopefully their luggage will come in today. And we're in beautiful mountains. And... That certainly is a bit of a balm, the balm of Gilead here. (laughs) Uh, I want to talk this morning about being careful to not become entangled with vices of the world. Um, vices of our DNA attitudes things that keep us from moving forward and accomplishing the will of the Lord I've got birds for a soundtrack today they're live birds I love it you know I have a studio that I can record these podcasts in and usually podcasts are recorded with a nice mic uh, in a in a sound proofed as much as they can get a soundproofed room but I don't want to be bound by that I want to be able to deliver the word of God to whoever wants to hear it. And if I, I know myself, and if I require that level of studio quality, I won't get it done. And so I just needed to make this as easy on myself as possible. I am looking into some better mobile mic situations but anyway if you're wondering why the quality is not as good as as other recordings or podcasts that's why I'm deliberately caring more about the content than the quality at this point we'll see if I'm supposed to care about the quality as we go but anyway I want to talk today about not being entangled and what what brought this burden to my spirit is as I am aging 
as I get older, and I'm not old yet, but um, I'm I'm close to 50. And the natural results, I kind of see people who have aged do one of two things. They either get more cranky about rules <laughs> and what I mean by cranky is they just kind of just kind of bark out orders. Do it this way. Stop doing that. And they don't give instruction. They don't take time to teach why. Or I see the opposite happen where the more we age, the less we care or the less we feel like we're supposed to care. We, you know, we've lived more life. We've learned to prioritize what's more important than the others. And so when it comes to um, certain lifestyle habits or uh, we, we, we tend to excuse it. It's almost like a, like a grandma, you know, when she was a young mom, she was super careful about what the kids ate. She didn't give them too much sugar. She wanted their hands clean. She don't touch my nice clothes. And then that same human becomes a grandma and she's suddenly preparing sugar cubes for breakfast. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, scooping up that grandbaby with sticky hands and letting that sticky hands get all over her clothes. She don't care. <laughs> And um, that's a beautiful thing. But when it comes to things the Lord likes and dislikes, and when it comes to people learning to grow in the habits and disciplines of a Christian life, we are called disciples. And that means there are disciplines that we live by. There are some boundaries that we put up like Daniel. Daniel prayed three times a day, even if his life was at risk. There are some disciplines that become necessary to us. And that's really what I want to talk about today because I have seen that the longer we live for God or the older we get, we we tend to maybe we're still the same with our own personal disciplines but we tend to uh, not instruct new believers in the ways of God or not put pressure on them or or our children or our grandchildren we we become because of our own weaknesses and failures we become more aware of the grace of God and so we know the grace of God is at work but if we're not careful our knowledge of how deep and vast the grace of God is will cause us to take the make the the up and coming christian not feel the responsibility of developing their disciplines and that that that's what i i want to talk about today because we're not supposed to allow ourselves to be more comfortable with mistakes and shortcomings we're not supposed to throw up our hands and say you know what i've been 
trying to do this for 25 years and I'm done now. No, no, no. We are supposed to say, God is is still at work in me. And if he's put it in my heart to get over this weakness or this shortcoming or whatever this whatever it is, if he put it in my heart when I was 20 and I'm now 60, I'm not going to give up on trying to get this right. I'm not going to live under condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. As long as we are pursuing walking after the spirit, then those those weaknesses that we have, God is going to to keep giving us the the power to get better at doing things, to get stronger at doing things. God's grace. This is so important. God's grace for humanity, coupled with his need to use an instrument in the world, can cause us to ignore the fact that he has likes and dislikes. God's grace is more encompassing than we realize. And because God's grace is so forgiving that it's possible for us to be used of the Lord an instrument of God's hands, an instrument of God's voice, an instrument of compassion to the people and feel okay, feel like because God has used us that he approves of us. But he he doesn't use humanity based on his approval of them he he will use a donkey if the donkey is open to being used by him he will use a rooster as he did with peter the donkey is what he used with balaam <laughs> he used a burning bush with moses when saul king saul was in a a state of being far from pleasing god he ended up in a state of prophecy and people were surprised by it and i could go on and on of of people in the scripture that god has used to do his work for that setting for that situation they were an open vessel but that did not mean he approved of their daily life how they were living how they were talking how they were behaving and so we cannot look at others' approval of us in a ministry or others' approval of us as a Christian and say, I'm, I'm good, I'm golden. We, God's grace is huge. You know, we, we woo people to Christ with the insight of grace. When people are starting to come to God, they are so entangled in their sin and their addictions and their habits. They are, they are so plagued by, by the immoral things they've done. They, they, they cannot grasp the concept that God's grace is sufficient. 
God's grace is sufficient and he wants them exactly how they are. He wants us exactly as we are. He just wants us in a surrendered, repentant state, not in a state of, I'm fine. I can do what I'm doing and still be used of God and still be saved. I'm fine. Romans 6.15 says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. We're not going to allow ourselves to dabble in sin. Now, sin, that's a broad range of lists. And I'll just narrow it down to say, He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. So, Romans 6.15, shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. We've got to remember that Paul said all things are lawful, but not expedient, not edifying. And that's our goal. We want to get to a place in our behavior and in our habits and in our disciplines and our walk with God that we're doing the expedient things. We're doing the edifying things. Expedient, for instance, um, all foods are lawful for me. I can go eat any of the foods I want. But if if it's a, a, not, a low nutritional food, that's not expedient. That's not the best choice. So all things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. Just because I can, I can uh, have all this music around me, all this entertainment around me, and I, I can partake of whatever I want, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient, and not all things edify me. Romans 6.1, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Our goal is to just not to sin. That's not our goal. Our goal is to become perfected. We are going through this life to become better. There is no decade where we should ever stop being better, becoming better, becoming more like him. Our goal is to become perfected. Second Timothy 3.17 says that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly, thoroughly, not thoroughly, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. This is what God's trying to do in us by the word of God, by the instruction, by the teaching of God's word. He's trying to make us perfect. And that word perfect means complete, mature. God's goal for us is not that we that we survive by constantly uh, referring to the thorn in the flesh and saying his grace is sufficient. In spite of the thorn, we are supposed to be struggling to become perfect and truly furnished unto all good works. Colossians 1:28 says we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That's why the ministry gets up and warns every man. And and when you read the epistles, they're not just warning humanity about hell. 
and about the new birth. They're warning people about their moral decisions. They're warning uh, Christians about what they wear, how they talk, how they behave in their families. They are continually warning and teaching to perfect the Christian. Ephesians 4.13 says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, but not just unity of the faith and not just knowledge of God, but also unto a perfect man. We, The whole point of the trials, the refinery processes that we go through, the teachings of, of, of the uh, scripture, the whole point is to become a complete person and to and to constantly reach for that reach so far that that verse ends by saying unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ we're not just being told what to uh rid ourselves of to please the lord what attitudes to change, what lifestyles to live, what decisions to make to to try to be as good as the pastor. We we are going through these disciplines and changes so that we can measure come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that that we know grace is sufficient. We know that we keep falling and sure enough, God, God's grace is there to, to pick us up. A just man falls seven times. We get back up. We go again. <laughs> but we are not supposed to throw our hands up and, and give up when it comes to learning to do hard things. The flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary one to the other as long as you are alive this is going to be happening in my life i i am blessed to be a rare bird in that i attend the exact same church that i was born into when my i i go to the same church that my parents brought me home well, they didn't bring me home from the hospital. <laughs> my mother had me at home, but my my first place is to the church. And so consequently, I have seen a lot of people grow old in the gospel, grow old in the Lord. They came into the church when they were in their 20s or 30s. And, and now that I'm 50, a lot of them are in their 80s now. And it is amazing to me. I remember going to serve communion to a elder pastor's wife, um, Sister Patricia Sherwood. She was um, at the end of her life and was home and, and the church had had communion and pastor asked me to go and serve her. And she was weeping and worried about whether or not she was going to go to heaven. She was saved and oh, it broke my heart because here she was glowing at the end of her life with the grace of God. She had been running that race. She had been 
reaching for the prize for all those years. She she and her husband, brother and sister Sherwood, started multiple churches up up in the in Connecticut area of the United States. And oh, here this woman was still the flesh lusting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. She was still feeling that. And all I could see is this perfect woman that I was honored to sit at her feet, which I literally did to serve her communion. I was with another woman, uh, Sister Lucille Burroughs, toward the end of her life. And she, she taught me to sing worship before the Lord. She taught me parts, her and her husband and her sons. They're all very, very dear to me. But this woman is at the end of her life and it turns out the flesh still pulls against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. The entire time you are alive and she also was asking me to pray with her because she was worried that she had sinned against the Lord in her mind. And I'm like, oh, Sister Burroughs, like you're so wonderful and perfect. How can you possibly feel in any way that you failed the Lord? <laughs> so it is a thing. It's a thing. But we're not supposed to throw up our hands and say, you know what? I'm sick of the struggle. I'm sick of the struggle of the flesh lusting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. God's grace is sufficient. So you know what? Let me just live in the grace of God. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That's what happens when we give up and just bask in the grace. Oh, God's grace is sufficient. We can never be perfect. So, well, I I don't know that humans can never be perfect the way we define perfect without fault. But God's point is to perfect us. And so we at least can always struggle and strive toward that goal, toward that aim. Second Peter 2.20 says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord, pollutions of the world is not talking about green living. We're not talking about green living. We're talking about the pollutions of the world being the ways of the world, the habits, the entertainments, the weaknesses, the, the vices of the world escape the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord. We've learned about God. We've learned about Jesus Christ. We've learned about what he likes, dislikes. It's possible, Second Peter 2.20 says, they are again entangled therein and overcome. When we allow ourselves to give up that, that pushing, that reaching for the prize, our whole lives, when we give up and become entangled and overcome with the ways of the world, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. If we ever give up and just, these disciplines are too hard, this striving forward is too much, I keep failing, no, no, no you're going to end up worse off 
if you throw up your hands and just give in to that. I have seen it over and over and over. You People who give up end up worse off than when they first came to God. But let me remind you, if you have found yourself entangled, God's grace is sufficient. That's what I want to encourage you again today. Not only do I want to urge you to not just throw up your hands and say it's too hard. God's grace is sufficient. No, no, no. Not only do I want you to push forward, to get back up, to to strive again, to get those disciplines in line, to get those godly behaviors going, but I want to remind you that God's grace does deliver from entanglement. Exodus 14.3, we find Pharaoh saying of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. Pharaoh said about the children of Israel after they had left Egypt, Pharaoh said, you know what? They've got They've got the army coming behind them. The wilderness has entangled them. They're not going to be able to get past that water. And he sent his army after them. And if you know the story, you know that God parted the Red Sea for them. And the children of Israel walked right out of that entanglement. If you will stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, stand firm in your salvation, push forward, don't give up, don't, don't let your guards down, keep your guards up and seek for, seek for more ways to grow in God. I don't care if you've been living for God 20 years, 10 years, 3 years, 30 years, 50 years. Don't ever give up seeking a new thing. God is able to bring you out, deliver you again and again. But you're going to need to stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, walk in the Spirit so that you do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Have a great day in Jesus.